Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, June 13th. In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, the Aleph and Tav, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1.1 in Hebrew, there is an Aleph Tav right smack dab in the middle of that verse? Truly, Yeshua the Aleph Tav is there in the beginning and the end. So, if you were reading your Bible in Hebrew, whenever you come across Aleph Tav, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The acronym for Daily Audio Torah is D-A-T. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Aleph Tav. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this, Doorway to the Aleph Tav. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Aleph Tav, your doorway to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick in the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shalach Leka, and it means, Send for Yourself. Numbers 14, 1-15 The whole community broke into loud cries, and the people wept that night. All the Israelites railed against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in the land of Egypt, the whole community shouted at them, or if only we might die in this wilderness. Why is Hashem taking us to that land to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be carried off. It would be better for us to go back to Egypt. And they said, to one another, let us head back for Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembled congregation of the Israelites, and Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, of those who had scattered the land, rent their clothes, and exhorted the whole Israelite community, the land that we traversed and scattered is an exceedingly good land. If Hashem is pleased with us, He will bring us into that land, a land that flows with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only you must not rebel 
against Hashem. Have no fear, then, of the people of the country, for they are our prey. Their protection has departed from them, but Hashem is with us. Have no fear of them. As the whole community threatened to pelt them with stones, the presence of Hashem appeared in the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. And Hashem said to Moses, How long will this people spurn me, and how long will they have no faith in me despite all the signs that I have performed in their midst? I will strike them with pestilence and disown them, and I will make of you a nation far more numerous than they. But Moses said to Hashem, When the Egyptians from whose midst you brought up this people in your might hear the news, they will tell it to the inhabitants of that land. Now they have heard you, Hashem, are in the midst of this people, that you, Hashem, appear in plain sight when your cloud rests over them, and when you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If then you slay this people to a man, the nations who have heard your fame will say, It must be because Hashem was powerless to bring that people into the land he had promised them on the oath that he slaughtered in the wilderness. First Kings 11, 1 to 12, 19. King Solomon loved many foreign women in addition to Pharaoh's daughter, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Phoenician, and Hittite women, from the nations of which Hashem had said to the Israelites, None of you shall join them, and none of them shall join you, lest they turn your heart away to follow their gods. Such Solomon clung to and loved. He had seven hundred royal wives and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. In his old age his wives turned away Solomon's heart after other gods, and he was not as wholeheartedly devoted to Hashem his God as his father David had been. Solomon followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Phoenicians, and Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was displeasing to Hashem and did not remain loyal to Hashem, like his father David. At that time Solomon built a shrine for Chemish, the abomination of Moab, on the hill near Jerusalem, and one for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites. And he did the same for all his foreign wives who offered and sacrificed to their gods. Hashem was angry with Solomon because his heart turned away from Hashem, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him about this matter, not to follow other gods. He did not obey what Hashem had commanded. And Hashem said to Solomon, Because you are guilty of this, you have not kept my covenant and the laws which I enjoined upon you. I will tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But, for the sake of your father David, I will not do it in your lifetime. I will tear it away from your son. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give your son one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. So Hashem raised up an adversary against Solomon, the Edomite Hadad, who was of the royal family of Edom. When David was in Edom, Joab, the army commander, went up to bury the slain, and he killed every male in Edom. 
For Joab and all Israel stayed there for six months until he had killed off every male in Edom. But Hadad, together with some Edomite men, servants of his father, escaped and headed for Egypt. Hadad was then a young boy. Setting out from Midian, they came to Paran and took along with them men from Paran. Thus they came to Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave him a house, assigned a food allowance to him, and granted him an estate. Pharaoh took a great liking to Hadad and gave him his sister-in-law, the queen of Queen Tapenes, as his wife. The sister of Tapenes bore him a son, Genubath. Tapenes weaned him in Pharaoh's palace, and Genubath remained in Pharaoh's palace among the sons of Pharaoh. When Hadad heard in Egypt that David had been laid to rest with his fathers, and that Joab, the army commander, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Give me leave to go to my own country. Pharaoh replied, What do you lack with me that you want to go to your own country? But he said, Nevertheless, Give me leave to go. Another adversary that Hashem raised up against Solomon was Rezon, son of Eliada, who had fled from his lord, King Hadadezer of Zobah. When David was slaughtering them, he gathered men about him and became captain over a troop. They went to Damascus and settled there, and they established a kingdom in Damascus. He was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon, adding to the trouble caused by Hadad. He repudiated the authority of Israel and reigned over Aram. Jehoram, son of Nebat, an Ephraimite of Zeradah, the son of a widow whose name was Zeruah, was in Solomon's service. He raised his hand against the king. The circumstances under which he raised his hand against the king were as follows. Solomon built the mellow and repaired the breach of the city of his father David. This Jehoram was an able man, and when Solomon saw that the young man was a capable worker, he appointed him over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. During that time Jehoram went out of Jerusalem, and the Navi Achia of Shiloh met him on the way. He had put on a new robe, and when the two were alone in the open country, Achia took hold of the new robe he was wearing and tore it into twelve pieces. Take ten pieces, he said to Jehoram, for thus says Hashem, the God of Israel, I am about to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hands, and I will give you ten tribes. But one tribe shall remain his, for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. For they have forsaken me, they have worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Phoenicians, Chemish, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the Ammonites. They have not walked in my ways, or done what is pleasing to me, or kept my laws and rules, as his father David did. However, I will not take the entire kingdom away from him, but will keep him as ruler as long as he lives for the sake of my servant David, whom I chose, and who kept my commandments and my laws. But I will take the kingship out of the hands of his son and give it to you, the ten tribes. To his son I will give one tribe, so that there may be a lamb for my servant David forever before me in Jerusalem. 
the city where I have chosen to establish my name. But you have been chosen by me. Reign wherever you wish, and you shall be king over Israel. If you heed all that I command you, and walk in my ways, and do what is right in my sight, keeping my laws and commandments as my servant David did, then I will be with you, and I will build for you a lasting dynasty, as I did for David. I hereby give Israel to you. And I will chastise David's descendants for that sin, though not forever. Solomon sought to put Jehoram to death, but Jehoram promptly fled to King Shishak of Egypt, and he remained in Egypt until the death of Solomon. The other events of Solomon's reign and all his actions and his wisdom are recorded in the book of the Annals of Solomon. The length of Solomon's reign in Jerusalem over all Israel was forty years. Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father David, and his son Rehoboam succeeded him as king. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to acclaim him as king. Jeroboam, son of Nebat, learned of it while he was still in Egypt, for Jeroboam had fled from King Solomon and had settled in Egypt. They sent for him, and Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam as follows. Your father made our yoke heavy. Now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke which your father had on us, and we will serve you. He answered them, Go away for three days, and then come back to me. So the people went away. King Rehoboam took counsel with the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. He said, What answer do you advise me to give to this people? They answered him, If you will be a servant to these people today and serve them, and if you respond to them with kind words, they will be your servants always. But he ignored the advice that the elders gave him and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. What, he asked, do you advise that we reply to the people who said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father placed upon us. And the young man who had grown up with him answered, Speak thus to the people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, now you make it lighter for us. Say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. My father imposed a heavy yoke on you, and I will add to your yoke. My father flogged you with whips, but I will flog you with scorpions. Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, since the king had told them, Come back on the third day. The king answered the people harshly, ignoring the advice that the elders had given him. He spoke to them in accordance with the advice of the young men, and said, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father flogged you with whips, but I will flog you with scorpions. The king did not listen to the people, for Hashem had brought it about in order to fulfill the promise that Hashem had made through Achia, the Shilonite, to Jeroboam, son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king had not listened to them, the people answered the king, We have no portion in David, no share in Yishai's son. To your tents, O Israel, 
Now look to your own house, O David. So the Israelites returned to their homes. But Rehoboam continued to reign over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was in charge of the forced labor, but all Israel pelted him to death with stones. Thereupon King Rehoboam hurriedly mounted his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. Thus Israel revolted against the house of David, as is still the case. Acts 9, 1-25 And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were bound men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Yeshua, whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will you have me do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays, and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go your way, for he is a chosen vessel to me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Yeshua that appeared to you in the way that you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Yeshua in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. 
But all that heard him were amazed, and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem, and came hither for that intent, that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength, and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. Psalm 131, 1-3 Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. Proverbs 17, 4 and 5 A wicked doer gives heed to false lips and a liar gives ear to a naughty tongue. Whoso mocks the poor reproaches his Maker, and he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. Four, three, two, one. I want to speak to you today from Numbers chapter 14, and then we're going to jump into 1 Kings chapter 12. And both of these chapters are very, very significant in the children of Israel's history. They are pivotal. Very important lessons come from these two chapters. So let's jump into Numbers 14. And in Numbers 14, we have the negative report of the spies that have come back to the people regarding the promised land. And now the people... And now the people break out into loud cries and they weep all night. And they go into fear, doubt, and unbelief concerning the promises of God. The next morning they got up and they said, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we might die in this wilderness. And then the accusation against the Lord comes. Why is Hashem taking us to that land to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be carried off. It would be better for us to go back to Egypt. And you know, those very words that they say, basically is what happens. Because of their sin of unbelief, fear, and doubt in what the Lord has said, and what he said was that he would give them this land. They don't get to have the land. That generation is going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And it's only when all of them have died off that their children will go in to take the land. Beloved, the sin of doubt, fear, and unbelief is very grave. If the Lord has given you a promise, you are to cleave 
to that promise. You are to hang on to that promise. You are to believe him and hope against all hope and trust the Lord. You see, when we trust him and believe him for what he has said to us, this is very pleasing. This is the essence of faith when we trust him. But when we do not trust him, this breaks the heart of God. And there are serious consequences. If the Lord has given you a promise of some type regarding a ministry, regarding a spouse, regarding a a lost wayward child, it is so important to cling to it and hang on with everything that you've got. Because if you go into doubt, you could lose the promise. There can be some very dire consequences. We're going into doubt and unbelief. And the dire consequences for the children of Israel was that generation was going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And the opportunity of the promise, that door closed of going into the promised land. And it wasn't until the next generation that they were able to go into the promised land. Beloved, this is a very serious warning. We must cling to the promises of God as yes and amen, whether they be right out of the Bible or a personal promise that he's given to you. Do not go into fear, doubt, or unbelief. There can be very dire consequences. Promises that were made, that door could close. Now let us look at 1 Kings Chapter 12. And in 1 Kings chapter 12, we have Rehoboam in Shechem. And Shechem was basically the capital of the northern regions, the northern territory of Israel. And we have Rehoboam. And Rehoboam now is the son of Solomon, and he's the king. And so Jeroboam has come to him. They've, they're meeting up in Shechem, and he's leading the people, and he's saying, Hey, your father made our yoke very heavy. Can you lighten our harsh labor and the heavy yoke that your father put on us, and we'll serve you? So Jeroboam says, Come back in three days, and three days later they return. But in the meantime, Jeroboam consults with first the elders, who say to him, You know what? Serve these people, lighten up their yoke, and they will happily serve you. He disregarded that wise advice, and instead he listened to his peers. And his peers said, you think that my father was harsh on you? Wait until I get going here. My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. He whipped you with a flog, with whips. I will flog you with scorpions. And so because of those harsh words that he said, to the people, those words caused a kingdom split. You could say it was the very first church split. And the nation was divided into two, the northern kingdom of ten tribes to the north, led by Jeroboam, and the southern kingdom, led by Rehoboam. The northern kingdom became known as the house of Israel, or the house of Joseph, or Ephraim. And the southern kingdom is known as the house of Judah, the Jews, And the kingdom split has never been healed. 
the kingdom has been split ever since then. And it says that Israel revolted against the house of David, as still is the case today. So what happened was, years and years later, the northern kingdom goes off into exile, and they are taken captive by Assyria. These are the ten tribes of the north, like Zebulun and Issachar and um, some of the other tribes. They all went off into captivity to Assyria. And when that happened, they had spiritual amnesia. Over the centuries, they forgot who they were. They forgot God and his name, and they forgot his book. And they were scattered to all the nations of the earth. And they have never returned to Israel. And then the southern kingdom, Judah, in 586 B.C., they were taken captive into Babylon. The the temple was destroyed. King Nebuchadnezzar had his troops destroy the temple and take Jerusalem, and they were taken into captivity to Babylon. And Judah, the Jews, were in captivity for 70 years in Babylon. And then after 70 years, Ezra and Nehemiah led a contingent a remnant of the Jews back to Israel, back to Jerusalem, and they began to rebuild the temple. So that kingdom split, that breach, that was the um, the house of David fell, and it's spoken of in Amos chapter 9, that the house of David has fallen, the tent of David, the tabernacle of David has fallen, but that there is a day coming when that tent of David will once again be raised up. And when you think about it, for a tent to be raised up, you need two key elements. You need the actual tent, the nylon or the canvas material that makes up the walls and the ceiling of the tent. And you need the poles. The poles are what raise the tent up. And if you have a canvas without poles, you can't do anything. Or if you have poles without the canvas or the nylon, there's no tent. But when you bring the two together, the canvas or the nylon, the fabric, and you bring the poles together, now you've got a tent and you can raise it up. So that's how it is with Northern and Southern Kingdom. These two houses must come together and reunite, and then the tent will be raised up, the tent of David. And of course, we have a promise from God that there would always be someone from the house of David from the lineage of David that would rule and reign as king over Israel. And Yeshua himself is a descendant of David. So this will one day be healed. There will be a reuniting of the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, with the house of Judah, the southern kingdom. And basically what this looks like today is the bridge building that is happening between Jews and Christians. Jews are the house of Judah. And Christians, whether they realize it or not, they are of the house of Israel, the northern kingdom. Now, it doesn't matter whether you have direct blood lineage to Zebulun or Issachar or any of those ten tribes of the north. It doesn't really matter. We are spiritually grafted in to the olive tree of Israel, Romans 11, 
and we are the wild branches, and Judah, the Jewish people, they are the natural branches. And we all have to be grafted in by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Yeshua. He is the one who brings us into this one olive tree called Israel. And so this commonwealth of Israel, Yeshua himself, when his body was um, torn, when he was pierced, when he laid down his life, that death that he went through tears down the wall between those who are near, the Jews, and those who are far, the non-Jews, the northern kingdom, the ones who went into exile to Assyria and then from there to all the nations of the earth. He tears down the wall that divides them, and when Yeshua returns, he's going to completely reunite the kingdom. There will no longer be a wall. There will just be one kingdom. No more two separate kingdoms, but one kingdom with one king, the king of Israel, Yeshua. And so that's his game plan. When he came the first time, he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Much of his ministry centered in the Galilee. He went up to the northern regions, to um, the northern regions where the formerly the ten tribes of the north lived, up in the north near the Galilee. And when he returns, he's going to complete the mission. He will reunite northern and southern kingdom, and we will become one kingdom. So 1 Kings 12 really shows us and reveals to us how this kingdom split happened. And what Yeshua, what we learn is later on, what Yeshua is going to do about it. He's going to gather in the lost sheep of the house of Israel and be their shepherd and reunite his kingdom. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai Vish Mareka Yeah Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Eleka Vayaseh Leka Leka Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.